As we have seen, the tenth parak of Trumas discusses different cases of Tarivas, of mixtures of forbidden items with permitted items, and the general rule is that if a forbidden food is mixed with a permitted food, then the permitted food will become forbidden if it absorbs the taste of the forbidden food. That's known as Nisintam, where the forbidden food gives off its taste to the permitted food. Now in general, we assume that if at least one sixtieth of the mixture is the forbidden food, then it does give off its taste to the permitted food and therefore the permitted food will become forbidden. Now obviously it's very difficult to check whether it was exactly a sixtieth, whether it was more than the sixtieth, but when it comes to Truma there's a simple way to check. You could just give it to a Kohen and he could taste the mixture, he could taste the permitted food, and if he detects the taste of the forbidden food, then it's clear that it has been nisintam, it has given off its taste and therefore it will be forbidden. Now this mission is going to bring a case where even with regards to truma, it won't help to taste it, because it could be that even if the forbidden item, the forbidden food did give off its taste, it won't necessarily prohibit the permitted food. Now what would that case be? So we're going to be discussing a vegetable called tilton. And tilton is a type of vegetable which the fruit, the seeds of the tilton, taste the same as the stalk of the tilton. However, because the stalk of the tilton is not edible for human consumption, it is exempt from truma, so it can't become truma. So what happens if tilton should not want a secha bershal yayin? If this vegetable falls into a pit of wine, and the tilton is truma, whereas the wine is chulin. So now it could be that the wine now gains a taste of the tilton. However, part of the taste which it gained was from the stalk of the tilton. But the stalk is not actually truma. So even if the wine does taste a little bit of this tilton, it won't necessarily be forbidden. Rather, you'll have to estimate whether there was a sixtieth, whether the seeds and the fruit part of the tilton, whether that made up a sixtieth of the wine. But we do not take into account the stalk of the tilton because that is not truma. So the Mishnah says that by truma of Maiseshani, if the tilton was either truma or Maiseshani, and with regards to both of these, the stalk cannot become Maiseshani or truma, because it's not edible. And therefore we only take into account a Mishbazerak tam. If there's enough actual seed and the fruit part of the tilton in order to give off a taste to the wine, Avalobo eats, but we do not take into account the stalk. So we need to estimate whether the seeds make up at least a sixtieth of the wine. However, Bashvius, if the tilton was not a trimmer tilton, rather it was a schmitter tilton. It was a tilton which grew during schmitter, and therefore it's forbidden. And schmitter applies even to, to foods and plants which are fit for animal food. Now the stalk of a tilton is fit for animal food, and therefore the stalk will be taken into account if the tilton was schmitter. Or if the tilton was planted as kilaim in a vineyard. Kilaim is when you plant two different species close to each other. So kleakerem is when you plant another species inside a vineyard. And the halacha is that that which grows from there is forbidden to benefit from. And that again applies to the entire plant, the hektish. Or if the tilton belonged to the Beis Hamikdash, again, that's irrelevant of whether it's edible or not. The entire tilton belongs to the Beis Hamikdash. And therefore, we need to check whether there is enough of the seed and the stalk put together in order to give a taste. So if the entire tilton is at least a sixtieth of the wine, then the wine will be forbidden because it would have absorbed the taste of the tilton. Mission involved. This Mishnah comes in a way to explain some of the things you mentioned in the previous Mishnah. 
somebody who has bundles of these tilton plants, and they are Kleakerim, which again means that they were planted in a vineyard too close to the vines, and that comes under the prohibition of Kilayim, of planting two different species together. The halacha is that Kleakerim need to be burnt, and so the Mishnah says, Yudoleku, the entire tilton bundle has to be burnt, even the stalks, because when it comes to Kleakerim, even the non-edible parts of the plant are included. And now the Mishnah goes on to Tevel Tilton, and how exactly one needs to separate the Trumas and Mysus from there. Because as we learned and mentioned in the previous Mishnah, only the seeds in the edible part of the plant are obligated in Trumas and Mysus. So Hoyle Chavila Tilton shall Tevel. If somebody has bundles of these Tilton plants, and they are Tevel, which means that the Mysus and Trumas have to be separated, how should he do it? So the Mishnah says that Kaisesh, he should crush the plants. And what that really means is that he should separate the seeds and the stalks. And then he should estimate and calculate how many seeds there are in that mixture. And then he should separate the seeds, a proportion of the seeds, as trimmer. Then he does not need to separate trimmer for the stalks. Despite the fact that the stalks do have the same taste as the seeds, and in that way Tilton is a unique plant, nevertheless, at the end of the day, the stalk is inedible, and therefore it is not obligated in Truma or Maestras. However, says the Mishnah, and this is where Tilton is different to other plants, Im Hifrish, if he did separate Truma and Maestras from the entire Tilton as one, and he, but that he did that before crushing it, before separating the seeds. So he called the entire Tilton plants, or a proportion of the entire Tilton plants, Truma. Says the Mishnah, he cannot then say, I'll crush it and separate the seeds, and I'll take the stalks for myself, and I'll only give the seeds as Truma. Rather, he has to give the stalks together with the seeds, because he already called the stalks Truma. And this is a decree midrabanon that since the stalks have the same taste as the seeds, so if you do call them trimmer, then you have to give them to a Kohen. It's true that they're not actually trimmer because they're inedible, but since they have the same taste as the edible part, which is obligated in trimmer, so if you call even the inedible part trimmer, then you have to give it to a Kohen together with the part which is actually trimmer. Mishnah Zion, the next couple of Mishnahs discuss cases where trimmer was pickled together with chulin. Often they would place some foods in um, water which has a lot of salt inside the water in order to preserve that food so that it lasts for longer. So the first foods which we're going to discuss are zeisei chulin shekavoshim zeisei truma. Chulin olives which were pickled together with truma olives. So what is the status of the chulin olives? Do we assume that they absorb the taste of the truma olives and therefore they should be forbidden? Or at least they should have the status of a maduma so only karnim can eat it? Or do we say no, that the chulin olives do not absorb the truma olives taste? And therefore, even a czar, even a non-Kohen, will be able to eat them. So the Mishnah says it depends, and we're going to see that it depends purely on what state the chulin olives are in. And the basic rule is that olives which are whole and haven't been crushed at all, they do not absorb taste of other things. Whereas if the olives are even slightly crushed, then they do absorb taste, so they will be forbidden. So the Mishnah says, but sui chulin if the chulin olives were crushed, and they were pickled together with crushed trimmer olives, or or if crushed chulin olives were pickled together with whole trimmer olives, or even inside water which was used previously to pickle trimmer olives. Even then, the water now has the taste of the trimmer olives. So the Mishnah says in these three cases, also the chulin olives are now forbidden for zorim, for non-karnim, since those olives were crushed, so they did absorb the taste of the trimmer olives. 
On the other hand, if the chulin olives were whole, then even if in betzui truma, even if they're mixed and pickled together with crushed truma olives, mutter the chulin olives remain permitted because they do not absorb the taste since they are still whole. Mishnah Ches, we're now going to see a big stringency, one of the biggest in all of Tarivus, in all cases of mixtures of forbidden items with permitted items. And the case under discussion is the juice and the liquid which emerges from fish the brine of the fish, and because fish brine is so sharp and has such a strong taste, even a tiny bit will give off its taste to the other thing in the mixture. So the Mishnah says, Dog dog If an impure, if a non-kosher fish was pickled together with a kosher fish, what is the status of not the fish themselves, but what is the status of the fish brine of the liquid which now contains part of the taste of the kosher fish and part of the non-kosher fish's taste. So how much more kosher fish brine does there have to be than non-kosher fish brine for the brine to be permitted? So the Mishnah says, Any gorov, which is the container used for pickling fish, if that container holds two su'ah of food, and let's say it's full of fish, if out of all of the fish inside that two su'ah container, if there is 10 zuz worth, the weight of 10 zuz, if you're calculating it with zuz which come from Yehuda, which was an area of Eretz Israel, and that is equivalent to 5 sela in the area called Golil. So if there is that amount of dog tome of non-kosher fish in that tusa'ah container, then the brine, which is a mixture of the kosher fish and the non-kosher fish, the liquid which comes out of those, that would be forbidden. Now, tusa'ah compared to 10 zuz is a massive amount. There are 4,800 zuz in one sa'ah, which means that in tusa'ah there are 9,600 zuz in that tusa'ah. So 10 zuz is 1 960th of tusa'ah. So the mission is telling us that only if there is 960 times more kosher fish than non-kosher fish would the liquid surrounding those fish be permitted. Because even a tiny bit of non-kosher fish and the liquid which comes out of there would give off its taste to the rest of the liquid. Now Yehuda says that it's true that we are strict when it comes to fish brine, but not that strict. Yehuda says, There only needs to be a quarter of a loig in Tusa'ah, which comes out to be one part of 192. So only if there are 192 times more permitted fish than forbidden fish, only then would the brine be permitted. And Rebiyasi is the most lenient. Rebiyasi says, The amount is 1 16th. So if there's if there's more than 16 times kosher fish than non-kosher fish, then the liquid in which the fish are in would be permitted. So Rabiosi says that this situation is actually more lenient than most other cases. In general, you need 1 60th. If there's any less than 60 times the permitted food than the forbidden food, then it will become forbidden. But in this case, says Rabiosi, we're not talking about the fish themselves. We're talking about the liquid which surrounds the fish which the fish are in, and therefore Abiosi is more lenient here, and he only requires 16 times more kosher fish than non-kosher fish in order to permit the liquid which the fish are in.